If you have your Bibles, let's open them and we'll be briefer than usual. We're in Genesis chapter number 25. Genesis chapter 25. The last several weeks we have talked about um, giving, being a giver. And so tonight's lesson uh, from the book of Genesis, a taker to a giver. Uh, What turns a taker into a giver? Just two types of people in the world. You're either a taker, you're a giver. Everyone you know is probably a taker or a giver. So let's uh, describe that. What's that mean? Maybe in this section here, no names. You, know, you can't say my coworker who, you know, who, who wears this. But, but someone describes someone you know or have known, relative, neighbor, uh, somebody who you would say is a taker. They never give. It's always about taking. Just, just take a moment and describe what, uh, who you're thinking about right now. Anybody? This is kind of negative, isn't it? Okay, let's just do this. How many of you, you know what I'm talking about? You have met someone who is a taker. You, uh, every time you hear from them, it's always wanting something. They never give back. Uh, it, it's just that lifestyle. You hate to see them coming because the only time they need you is when they need something you have. The rest of the time, you never... Am I the only one that knows people that are takers? I mean, I feel real lonely up here. Brother Hale, do they not have takers in West Virginia? Okay, all right, thank you. All right, thanks so much. All right, thank you for that. So here we are. Let's look down in Genesis. This is the story of Jacob. And you either love Jacob or hate Jacob. I love the name. I love the name. It's almost like Simon Peter in the New Testament. It's like he had two natures. And uh, he was carnal, and then he was spiritual. Same thing with Jacob. His name later gets turned up. What? Starts with I? Israel. And so here it is. Let's just look at some of the background here. In 25, 26, and you may just want to, I'll give you the answers real fast. And after uh, that came his brother out. This is describing their birth. And his hand took hold on Esau's heel. Even when he was born as a newborn, he was taken. Man, he was grabbing hold to his brother's heel. It's like, I'm getting what you got. And so, uh, uh, that, so I'm asking, was it in his genes? Did it just run in the family? Did he have a natural inclination to see when people were distressed and take advantage of them? Somehow, he's a taker. And his name, if you're filling out the notes, means supplanter. Supplanter, or you could say trickster, or you could say deceiver. That's the blanks there. That's basically what his name means. Did it start with a feeling of rejection? Look over here in 2528. And Isaac loved Esau. That's his daddy. Because he had eat of his venison. That's kind of interesting. It didn't say he loved both boys. He loved the other one. So daddy had a favorite and Jacob was not him. Let's find out. How many of you, when you were growing up, I'm just asking the adults, you felt like really out of the two or three or four siblings, you were the favorite. I'm slipping my hand up right now. I was the favorite because my parents were very wise. That's why I had a lot of discernment. (laughs) So if you were the favorite... Man, you enjoyed it, but if you weren't, it wasn't a lot of fun. They always get this, and they never get us back. And so somehow it said his daddy loved his brother. So was Jacob kind of 
ticked off, if you will. I mean, there's an issue in his own family. Uh, Mom loves you, but dad loves your brother. So, So there's this strain right there. Okay, so let's notice just some of his actions quickly. In chapter 25, verse 21, and it says, and, uh, 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 excuse me, 31. And Jacob said, his brother comes in. We're not going to fill in all the blanks. His brother's hungry from hunting. He comes, he says, man, I'm, man I could eat a horse. I'm going to die before I get to my tent. Verse 31, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. So one thing we know about him, number one, he did not love his brother. So there was a lack of love between Jacob and his brother. I mean, his brother said, man, I sure am hungry. Well, I got this whole bowl of porridge right here, brother. And, uh, 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 but sell me your inheritance. Sign on the dotted line. That's what he's saying. He did not love his brother. Number next, let's look at this one. Chapter 27 and verse 19. 27 and 19. And we see uh, he's wanting the, uh, uh, the blessing. You know the story. 27, 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. He's lying. Verse 24, he said, art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. Verse 27, and he came near and kissed him or kissed his dad. He lied to his father. Didn't love his brother. Now he's lying to his father. Number three, he was a taker. Jacob was a taker. Look down at 2735. And it says, And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And so there's the exact word right there. He says, uh, 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 You just got here to, uh, here to be blessed, but you're too late. Your brother took your blessing. He was a taker. Number four, His action caused his brother to hate him. 27 verse 41 And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing. So here it is. He's got a little friction in the home. He's not the favorite of his dad. He's lying to his dad, taking advantage of his brother. He hates his brother or or, or now his brother hates him. So he has stirred up the pot. He has stirred up some problems. Now, I'm not real interested in this. We We can all identify with that. Every one of us, to some degree, has made some mess and however big a pot we were in, but something we said, something we did, maybe we were set, maybe we were take, maybe we lied to somebody, this or that. So I'm interested in how did God change him? How did he turn from a taker into a giver? And that's what God wants to do. When people first get saved, they're not filled with the Spirit and they're not all they ought to be. But God starts working on us and changing us. How does he turn us in a marriage from a taker? Uh, one man years ago, he's in heaven. He said, I can't wait to get married. He said, I need a woman to cook for me. I need a woman to clean up after me. I said, you don't need a wife. You need a meter maid or some, I mean, some minute maid or not minute. That's orange juice. But uh, anyway, uh, you need a maid service. <laughs> minute maid. You need minute maid. All right. So scratch that one. So, so how did God begin changing him? Number one, we see, look down here, and this is interesting, and I've learned this in old hat, 28 verse 7. He began obeying his parents. What? How did God change Jacob? And that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother. What's going on there? His mother said, son, uh, you, know, I, you know, I know I told you to disguise yourself and get the blessing from your dad, but I just heard your brother, uh, he's going to kill you. And then the dad found out Esau's wanting to kill his brother. 
So mom and dad got together and said, look, you need to leave now. And here's where we think you ought to go fast. Load up the little moving camel and get out of here. And guess what he did for the first time? He obeyed his parents. When you get back to obeying those that love you, especially if you're at home and you're, uh, uh, you're the teen or the child, when you start obeying your parents and listening to what they say, it starts to turn you from a taker into a giver. I like that. And then look at this one, uh, 28 and verse 13. Now, this is probably the first night he's ever been away from home. He's usually in the house. He's cooking. He's more of an indoor uh, type guy. But Genesis chapter 28, verse 13. So now he's alone. It's nighttime. He's starting to dream. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land uh, whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. So what happens next? Number two, he begins listening to God. He's not done that in a while. So if we're putting it in modern vernacular, he's starting to listen in Sunday school class. He's starting to listen in church. When his parents are talking, he's starting to listen. When he goes outside and sees the stars, he looks up and says, is God speaking to me? When things go bad, he wonders, uh, is maybe God chastening me? Uh, uh, God, are you speak- what are you saying to me? And then we see in uh, number three, he sensed God's presence. Look in 28, 16, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. He sensed God was here. I remember years ago, we were at one of the camps up at Mount Zion and it was that night uh, where we had like 32 people saved in the service. And I remember Brother Rule and I were praying and he just kind of looked up, hugged me and he says, God is here tonight. You know, sometimes he's not there. That little boy went to church with his mother. And he said, where are we going? We're going to God's house. And on the way home, he looked at his mom and said, God wasn't home, was he? (laughs) We want people to come to church here and say, God was home. Like Brother Jonathan preached a while back. The lights were on in the tabernacle. It shows someone's home. And he was home. He sensed God's presence. I love it. Not only that, look at this, 28, 18, something's changing in him. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone. Wow, this is hard. Let's find, who's ever on, slept on a hard bed? A hard bed, okay. And, and sometimes the more expensive the motel, the harder the bed. I don't know why they do that. Uh, this, this is a Hilton, the bed is hard. I want a soft bed. So the rocks he used for pillows. It's kind of a hard bed, don't you think? I got a crick in my neck. I don't know why. What would you have for a pillow? A boulder. Jacob rose up early in the morning, took the stone he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar. He stacked it up and poured oil upon the top of it. That was an offering to God. For the first time now, we see that guy with his hand out, taken from everybody he can. Now he's pouring out some oil. He's giving something to God. I love this. He began giving to God. Here's another one, 2820, 2820. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put uh, put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I've set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Man, he's going to start tithing. You know a miracle's happening. What did he do? Number five, he made a promise to God. You know, most of the time in my life, when I've made a promise to the Lord, 
I was at the end of my rope. I didn't just get a raise and catch my biggest fish. And and, uh, someone gave me something expensive. And I said, I'm going to make you a promise. No, it's usually when I'm in the valley. Lord, if you'll do this for me, I will do I promise I'll do this. That's what he's doing. He said, my brother wants to kill me. I'd really like to live. If you keep me alive, Lord, and give me something to eat and something to wear, I promise I will do this for you. He made a promise to God. You ever make one to him? Did you keep it? They're easy to make. Sometimes hard to keep. What else? Quickly, look at this. Oh, I love this. 29.10. So now he's out and about. He's away from home. He's by himself. uh, 29.10. And he sees some people coming. And they've got a flock of sheep. And notice what he does. 29.10. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. He never did that before. What did he do? He did something for someone else. Here's these ladies have these flock of uh, uh, sheep and goats. He said, let me move this, this stone. Let me water these flock for you. He did something for somebody else. It wasn't about him anymore. It wasn't the selfie anymore. It was, hey, there's someone that needs me. I'm going to help them. That's what he did. And I like this too. Quickly, in chapter 31, chapter 31, I'm, I'm trying to be conscious of our time. Verse number 20, 25. 31.25. Then Laban, this is his father-in-law. He ends up marrying uh, 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 two, uh, two women. And then he gets uh, their handmaids with him. So he's got four women. And he's got uh, 11 sons. And he's got these daughters. And, and now he's worked, uh, he's worked for all these uh, uh, cattle uh, from his father-in-law. And his father-in-law just won't let him go. So he, so he escapes in the middle of the night. He's just heading out. 31.25. Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the Mount Laban with his brethren pitched in Mount Gilead. And then if you look in 32.6, 32.6, and the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau and also he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. So the answer here, verse uh, uh, number seven, the blank, his reaping began to humble him. So what's going on here? Laban, his father-in-law, shows up and says, Hey, what do you mean taking my kids and grandkids? Hey, man, I could kill you. I mean, I mean, he is stirred up. He's, he's got some problems. And then he finds out his brother Esau, who he stole his birthright, is heading his way. And he's not heading his way with a Happy Meal. He's got 400 of his compadres with their swords drawn. All of a sudden, Jacob says, boy, I've made a big mess. He has been humbled by some things that he did. Sometimes the messes we make humble us. Man, look at the mess I make. It's humbling. And so he's in a mess. He's, he's being humbled. And then we see, look at this. Number eight, you can just look at the blank. He, he prayed and claimed God's promise. He prayed. It's a... First time, it looks like he's, he's really praying. Look at this. Uh, no, but, uh, chapter 32, verse 10. This is his prayer to God. I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies, the mercies and all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. 
For with my staff, I passed over this Jordan. Now I'm become two bands. We're, we're split up, running for our life. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother and the children. And, and thou hast said, thou saidst, I will surely do thee. Lord, I'm claiming your promise. Don't let him kill. Boy, uh, Jacob is crying out for God's help. He's never done that before. How do we turn from a taker to a giver? We start being real sincere in our prayers. Amen. Look at God is changing him. Why he's doing some things he normally never did. Number nine. Now you know he's really changed. Look at this. 32, 13. 32, 13. And he lodged there the same night and took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau his brother. Brother, I realize I've never given you all the birthday presents I was supposed to. I missed last Christmas. I missed your anniversary. Man, he's got, hey, he's, he's saying it's, it's about over. I'm giving him a present. And verse 18, then thou shalt say, they be thy uh, servant Jacob's. It is a present sent. Verse 20, and say unto, uh, say ye moreover, behold thy servant Jacob. Hey, who's these presents from? Oh, not your brother, Jacob, your servant, Jacob. God is changing him. He is now giving a present to his brother. He never did that before. What's God doing? God's turning him from a taker into a giver. Is not our society much like that? Take, 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 take. If you don't uh, uh, keep giving to us, we'll riot. We'll burn your house down. We'll burn up your business. We'll smash it. We'll just... God needs for us to be givers. And then we see, look at this, chapter 32 and verse number 24. I'm trying to, uh, here it is. And this is one of the keys here. Oh, got about four minutes. Here we are. Verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. Said, all right, you women, y'all head this way. Kids, you head this way. Jacob's coming this way. He backed up and he was alone. How did Jacob change from a taker to a giver? He got alone with no distractions. Amen. That's why teen camp is so great. No cell phone reception. No stores. Late at night as you're walking to your tent, you look up and see a billion stars. You hear the wind blowing through those beautiful trees. And it's just God and you. Maybe that's why the settlers who went west, young man, or maybe those uh, who were explorers heading to America on the ships, all they had was that sea and the sky and the star. It was just them and God. Amen. He got alone. What did he do? No distractions. And then in 3226, 3226, we see another quick lesson here. 3226, he begged God to bless him. He begged him. And he said, let me go. Now he starts wrestling. It says an angel. That means messenger. But later on, he said, I've seen the face of God. So Bible scholars believe that who he wrestled was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. So here is this, quote, angel, this messenger, this one that's wrestling with Jacob. He's saying, Jacob, I can't leave you like this. You can't keep being a taker. I've got a big plan for you. uh, uh, Let me change your life. And he says, I will not let thee go except, Jacob's saying this, except you bless me. 
I want your blessings. I want to stop taking it on my own. I want to stop being a conniver. I want my uh, uh, things to come from you. That's what he's saying. He begged God to bless him. And here's what I like. Number 12, he got right with God. 3227, and this is such a key. And he said unto him, this is the messenger, or we think it's Jesus who wrestled with uh, Jacob. He says, what is thy name? Now, don't you think Jesus knew Jacob's name? What is your name? Some of you would have said, put in tain, ask me again. I'll tell you the same. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. What is thy name? Notice what he answers. Jacob. I'm the deceiver. I'm the taker. I'm the supplanter. It's who I am. He was honest with who he really was. Maybe when we get to the place, we look in the mirror and say, Lord, I'm just a backslider. I've always got excuses. I'm a critic. I'm always critical of somebody else. I'm a hypocrite. I'm one way at church, another way at work, another way at home. Look, I don't like who I am. Would you change me? That's what Jacob was saying. He became honest with God. Wow, no wonder God changed him. And look at this one, 32.29, 32.29. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. <laughs> He'd never asked that one before. He didn't care who anybody's name was or who they were. He says, by the way, what is your name? So in the notes there, 13, he got his mind off of his selfish, it's hard to say, selfish self. <laughs> and onto another. He got his eyes off of him. And he became interested in someone else's life. Amen. Is that not a novel idea? Here's what I like. 32, 31. Look at this. So the wrestling match ended. And as he passed over Penuel, the son. Oh, uh, back up here. You remember it said that he touched the thigh. The messenger, the angel. Jesus touched the thigh of Jacob. And it came out a joint. Then he says in verse 31, as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. So when that thigh came out during that wrestling match, when it was all said and done and it ended, he walked differently. Hey, what happened to you? Wrestled with an angel. God changed my life. He walked differently. Here, here's the blank. It lasted. It lasted. You ever go to camp, shout, I'll never be the same. And people say, we've seen this before. Sometimes it don't even last from the camp, from the bus ride home. <laughs> Sometimes it don't last from the ladies' conference to the house. But with Jacob, something changed and it lasted. He was never the same. God gave him a new name. He says, you're no longer Jacob. We won't even call you Jacob. It's going to be Israel, a prince of God. Number uh, 15, God changed him to be humble, a servant, a giver. And then last, 
He established a regular walk with God. Give you this, and we're out of time. 35, chapter 35, it's just real quick. I won't read all the verses. 35.3, he says, let us rise up, go to Bethel. I will make there an altar. Verse 7, and he built an altar. Verse number 9, God appeared to Jacob again. He came out of Padanaram, and he blessed him. Verse 14, Jacob set up a pillar or an altar, a place where he talked with him. Now you're seeing everywhere Jacob goes, he's building an altar and he's meeting with God. Something changed in that man. And then you see all through the Bible, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God claims him. And we call his children the children of Israel. Let me see. I think Jesus was somewhere in maybe Sychar, and he was thirsty, and there's a woman, and it said, and Jacob's well was there. He even dug some wells for some other people that would come behind him. Something happened to Jacob. You know, God can take any taker and turn them into a giver. It is a process. So as he's working on us and as he's working on other people, let's be patient with him, patient with others, and you'll be glad. I love this little study. This is what the world needs, some givers. And he can change us into that.